Hello and welcome to this episode from the Veg Grower Podcast. My name is Richard, I'm your host, and I am trying to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my garden and my allotment. One of you of trying to get as self-sufficient as I possibly can be. Today is Saturday the 15th of January 2022, but first of all I want to start a couple of days ago on Thursday where I actually sowed some seeds. Now these seeds that I sowed was some rhubarb seeds which I spoke about a bit last week. Never tried growing rhubarb from seed before so this is going to be a bit of an experiment to see how we get on with it. What I've done, I've taken the rhubarb seeds and I've soaked those in water for an hour before sowing and then I've sowed two trays of these rhubarb the variety is glaskins perpetual but out of the two trays one has gone into a heated propagator and the other is just on the side i just want to see how the two compare when grown from seed now that brings me on to today this saturday the 15th of january 2020 my original plan was to go down the allotment this morning and do quite a few of my tasks that i have to do down there unfortunately i'm on call this weekend and I last night I got a call saying I needed to be at a job for first thing this morning so couldn't go down to the allotment first of all and um, by the time I finished the job and got home it was half one two o'clock and I figured there was only a couple of hours of daylight left so I decided instead of going down the allotment I used my time a bit more productively and spend a bit of time in the garden now this time was actually outside of a garden last few weeks it's been either wet and cold that I haven't really done a huge amount outside, or certainly not as much as I would have liked. This afternoon, however, a bit on the chilly side, of course, but it was dry. So what I started doing was what was the Christmas dinner bed. I've cleared that all out completely, given it a good rake over and a hoe, and then I've started throwing down a load of compost from one of my compost bins into there. In fact, I've emptied one of the compost bins, and that's... Well, I would say half filled up that bed, so I'm probably going to need at least one more compost bin full of compost to complete that bed. But it's just nice to start getting that ready to go. That bed is going to be used for some of our summer plants, our tomatoes, our aubergines, our cucumbers, later on in a year. But I'm just getting it ready, I guess is a way to look at it, getting it ready for that growing season. Now after that I then went to one of my other beds. Now I've still got Swiss chard and mustard and this mustard is a variety called Kama Sutra or something like that. Probably pronouncing it wrong but that's how I read it. And they're both growing very very well I've got to say. Even the frost that we have had hasn't hindered them at all. We're picking some nice tasty leaves which we're using quite often and really does go down well and also it's really nice to get that nice fresh food in us even in the depths of winter. But there are a few weeds that have popped up around it so I've given those a bit of a hoe off and a clear up and that, that I feel has really tidied things up and I've got to say that now I feel like the garden is starting to get ready for spring there's signs that spring is coming there's certainly signs that things are starting to grow again just once we can get a period of dry weather when I can get the lawnmower out and chop up a lot of the waste then I think I'll be happy with that so yeah that's what I have been up to today now I have received a couple of questions over the last couple of weeks I thought I'll answer in today's podcast hi Richard 
Uh, I planted my sweet pea and my meteor peas back in October. My sweet pea are coming along fine and they're not damaged or diseased, but my meteor peas have all started to shrivel up. Is it worth keeping them going or should I just rip them all out and start seeding again? The meteor peas variety mentioned in that question are usually a very well-known variety for growing over winter usually sown in the autumn and grown through the winter to produce early peas however for them to shrivel up is something i've not heard happen with overwintered peas myself i've certainly never had it happen to my peas but what i have had happen is to my overwintered broad beans where they've sort of gone black they've shriveled up and looked like they were dying and i've sort of thought I'll leave them where they are and just see what happens, but I'll re-sow some more just in case. Well, what happened is that those broad beans, in, when the weather warmed up, they regrew. They they started growing again. They bounced back and we still got our early broad beans. So I suspect that is what's going to happen with these peas. They will grow back, they will bounce back, they will regrow and they will go on to produce some early peas. Now, what's probably caused this, we've had some pretty changeable weather over this last winter where we've had some really nice warm days where things like peas and broad beans probably have started to grow, but they've been followed by some rather cold days and that fresh young growth has been hit by the cold. That's what I suspect has happened. And that's one of the risks with overwintering. Of course, I try and throw fleece over my overwinter plants if I know the cold weather's coming, but it's not always that easy. Now, that being said, I would also be inclined to sow some more peas just to make sure you can get some. You could get away with sowing some meteor peas right now, but personally, I might wait until about March before we start sowing those again. So that's what I think about that question. But please do keep us informed with what happens. I think they're going to bounce back, but I'll be interested to find out just what happens. Now, next, I've had a, a suggestion come in, which I'd like to play as well. Hi, Richard. Um, I just wanted to share an idea that I've been using on my allotment for the last few years. Um, I've always had elderberry bushes uh, growing on my allotment and I noticed that some of the stems that grow that I always trim off in the winter time when the bushes by da- die back are really long, straight and thin. So I've been collecting them for the last few years and drying them out over the winter and using them as canes. Uh, obviously in the summer and spring as I'm growing, climbing French beans, that kind of thing. Um, they've been great. They last about maybe three or four years, but there's an abundance that come on the on the uh, bushes, which I trim back each year, so more than enough to, to last me. Um, just thinking it's a case of use what you've got rather than going and spending money and wasting products, that kind of thing. Oh, this is Mark in uh, Rotherham, by the way. Great fan of the show. Love it. Thanks. Bye. Well, I wanted to share that tip again because I thought that was just such a a great idea of use what we got, use what we have available to us rather than going to spend money. I am guilty sometimes of spending too much money on my allotment and on my gardens because I need something to do the job and I just need it available there and then. But something I'm always looking at is what I can save money on. 
as you know, last year I had to cut down my hazel tree in order to coppice it. And part of the reason I was growing a hazel tree was so I can get hazel sticks from it in order to grow beans and things like that up. It's something that I'm a, a big fan of. I also think the hazel looks pretty stunning anyway. I do also have an elderberry bush, but it certainly doesn't produce straight stems. But my apple trees, things like that, they also produce straight stems. So, yeah, perhaps I could be using those to create some pea sticks or some sticks for plants to grow up. I like this idea of being able to use what we have available to us. So, yeah, great stuff. And it also got me remembering that my granddad, when he took on his house when he was uh, growing vegetables in his garden he actually planted some bamboo canes into a little area it had like a it was kind of like a almost like a sunken pond to try and contain the bamboo because bamboo is very invasive and that's how he would harvest the bamboo canes in for his canes to grow things up so nice and local um nice and cheap as well i believe uh, unfortunately, after many, many years, and uh, it did end up growing everywhere else, this bamboo. So it, was, it wasn't as contained as well as it could have been. Plus, it was quite a large area. But uh, yeah, just a, f a few things I thought we could think about if we are looking to save some money. Now, I should say both of these. Now, I should say that both this question and the tip has came. Now, I should say that this question and this tip has came in from our website, thevegegrowerpodcast.co.uk. You can go up there and leave a voicemail just like uh, these two have done today. And I think it's a great way of sharing tips and getting questions. I also quite like the different... I also quite like the different sounds of voice and the birds tweeting in the background as well. It was really nice. Anyway, let's get back on with what I've been up to over this last week. It is Sunday the 16th of January 2022 today. I'm here on the allotment and it's beautiful out this afternoon. Really nice sunshine. It's a bit chilly, but I don't mind that. But but at least I'm down on the allotment and enjoying my time down here today, which has been great. Now, I didn't get down here as early as I wanted. I was called out again. So all the tasks that I really wanted to do have gone out the window. The good news is, moving forward, I'm on call less, although the next couple of weeks do look a bit busy on the weekends. But also, I think the evenings are starting to get a little bit lighter, so I might be able to afford a bit more time to this allotment over the next few weeks. Now, today... I popped down and I just took a quick walk around and had a, a check on everything. Leeks are looking great. We've got some beautiful looking leeks. Got some nice cabbages that are nearly ready. The garlic and onions are looking fantastic. And all the green manures that I sowed are also looking great. This left me with the one task that I needed to do today. And that was get my shallots in. Now the other day when I was in Wilkinson's I happened to see that they were selling some shallots and I've struggled this year to get hold of any shallots. So I saw those, grabbed them and I've popped them in. This is a variety called Red Sun and fortunately that's just filled up my shallot bed really nicely because originally the shallots that I had only really filled up about a quarter of it. And this one packet, cost me £2 for the packet, has filled the rest of this bed up nicely which means those shallots can go on and grow very happy with that 
Now after that, I basically just harvested a few bits for my tea. As I said earlier, look, leeks are looking great, so we've picked quite a few leeks that we're going to take home. And I've also ventured into my shed. I haven't been in my shed very much since I potted up. This is my bigger shed on the top half of my allotment. And my original idea for this shed was somewhere I could just sit in, make a cup of coffee, uh, enjoy the day, sit down and have a look at things. It hasn't worked out that way. I've, I've set a little kitchen up, but to be honest, I end up just going in there, making a cuppa and then going out and working. When I'm down here, I'm always doing something. So the whole idea of sitting down has gone out the window. At the moment, that might change. That being said, what I'm looking to do with this allotment more and more as we go on, and I think I've said this for a while, is basically to make it somewhere that I grow the stables and things that can look after themselves, potatoes, onion, garlic, leeks. They all do pretty well down here, so I'll be thinking of leaving those in here and just dedicating the allotment to those sort of things and growing the other stuff more at home. It may not work out that way, but that's certainly how I'm thinking about doing things at the moment. Right, well, later on today, I'm doing my live show. And in that, we are going to be sewing some aubergines. Now, in preparation for that, I've prepared a little talk on how I go about growing aubergines. And I'm also going to use some tips and tricks that have been shared with me throughout the course of this live show. So let's go find out about how I grow aubergines. <laughs> Well, this week I've been sewing some aubergines. Now, I love to grow aubergines. I think they're pretty looking plants. I think they are fantastic in the kitchen. Moussaka is one of my favourite dishes. But what I find with aubergines, and this is why I'm sewing them in January, is that they need a really long growing season in order to produce a decent amount of fruit for the effort involved. Now, Saying that aubergines don't need a huge amount of effort, I just find they need a long growing season. The experts will tell you you can sow the seeds right up until April, and that's true. You can sow the seeds right up until April. But what I find with any sowings that are made in April, it's a little bit too short of a growing time for them to produce any decent fruit. So I try and get all my aubergines sown by early March at the latest. To be honest, most of mine are sown January and February, and that'll be it. Now I know that aubergines need a lot of warmth and a lot of heat, which is why I start my aubergine seeds off in heated propagators. Now if you don't have a heated propagator, you can start them off in an airing cupboard, but check on them daily, and as soon as they germinate, you need to move them to somewhere where they get plenty of light. Ideally, a radiator by a window is probably the best place to provide that warmth and that heat. Failing that, we can buy younger plants later on in the season when they become available in garden centres. And something I'm thinking of trying this year is buying a grafted aubergine. Because a lot of people have been saying that grafted plants are very, very successful. But I've always been put off by the price. But I'm going to give it a try this year and just see how they compare. Anyway, back to sowing these seeds. What I tend to do, I just scatter all the seeds that I want to sow into a container of seed sowing compost and then I just sprinkle over some more seed sowing compost and then I place that into my heated propagator where I also have grow lights to help them on. These will germinate in about two, maybe three weeks, seeing how it goes. 
And once they've reached a true leaf stage, that's when I will then prick them out. And I will prick them out and pop them into my little trays for making plug plants, something that I'm a, a big fan of since last year. Now pricking out is a very delicate process and I'm always very, very careful with it. I like to use my dibber to prise the roots up, try and hold it by the leaf and usually it's quite successful. Once they're pricked out, of course, they're going to continue to need the warmth and the light. And by this stage, I like to, what I like to do, in fact, I do this when there's seeds as well, is I spray the surface with a mister of water twice a day. Now, why I use a mister is that I just find that instead of a load of water that might wash a seed or wash the soil away from the roots, a mister just gives it a gentle spray, gives it just enough water, and it, it just helps the plants to grow quite nicely but once a week i will also mist it with a foliar feed such as a seaweed feed what i find with that is that it produces some stronger roots and if a young plant has got strong roots or any plant has got strong roots it generally does grow a lot better now as these grow i will pot them up as and when they needed what i'm usually looking for is when the roots are poking out the bottom of the pot and then i'll get them into a bigger and bigger pot until they go out into their final growing positions now for me i tend to plant aubergines in their final growing positions depending on where they are if they're going in the greenhouse and my greenhouses are unheated i generally put them in about mid-march but if they're going outside I won't plant them outside until mid-May, once the risk of frost has completely passed. Now, when it comes to location of planting them, again, lots of warmth, lots of light. So the sunniest spot I have available is where I want to pop my aubergines. I try and add compost to the soil, of course. I do no dig, so there's always plenty of compost added to the soil beforehand. And I like to try and rake the soil to, to a fine tilth, just to help the plants out a little bit when it comes to the planting time. Uh, once they're planted, give them a good watering in, just to make sure they get plenty of water to start them off. And then after that, it's a case of watering them regularly until they are established. Now, once they are established, they will continue to grow. They don't need a huge amount of care. Just water them fairly regularly. They're not thirsty plants, but they do need a bit of water. I go for about twice a week, depending on their size and depending on what may have happened with the soil or the weather. You know, if it's warmer, it's going to need a bit more. If it's rained, it's going to need less. I will feed them with a tomato feed once they start flowering. And that just helps them encourage to produce fruits. Now, depending on the variety, we want to keep the plant to produce about five or six fruits. Some of the smaller aubergines, they can produce a bit more, but generally five to six fruits is enough. So if you get your five to six fruits, what I then do is remove the flowers so it doesn't produce any more. And what that does, it just encourages that plant to put all its energy into those six fruits that are ready on the plant in order to produce good seeds now once the aubergine fruits themselves are nice and glossy all over it's time to harvest and that's just simply cut them away from the plant take them into the kitchen and use them in a great number of dishes like i said at the beginning one of my favorite is muzaka we actually had it the other night and it is delicious something else i've done is i've sliced the aubergine into almost like chips 
bathed them in salmonella and then fried them and that has also been really tasty as well just a couple of things that i can think of in what we can do with aubergines but i'm sure you might have some of your own ideas on recipes yourself and if you do then why not share them with me my email is richard at vegcrowdpodcast.co.uk well with that let's get back to what i've been up to over this last week It's Monday the 17th of January 2022 today. Just uh, potting up or pricking out a few more of my chilli seedlings. Now these chilli seedlings were sown in December and they started off really slowly but now they've really started to get going. I pricked a few out a couple of weeks ago. I pricked a few out last night. Just doing a few more tonight just to finish them off. Just to make sure that they are going to be growing strong. I do like my chilies. I've got to say, I do like my chilies. Looking forward to getting lots of chilies. Although, looking at the amount that I have, I do have quite a few chili plants that are well, at seedling stage at the moment. If they all go on to grow to full size, we're going to end up with lots of chilies this year. Might have to find quite a few things to do with chilies, but uh, we, we won't worry about that. Now, uh, before I close up, we had some rather sad news yesterday, and you may already know. Somebody that I met once, a fellow podcaster, but also a bit of a gardening legend, Peter Seabrook, has unfortunately passed away. I met Peter in 2020, if I remember correctly, at an event. And I've got to say, he was one of the nicest people I have ever met. We chatted about podcasting and gardening and his views and things on gardening. It was a, a real pleasure to talk to one of the loveliest people I can honestly say I've ever met. So I was very saddened to hear of his passing. When I hear of people passing away who I may have only briefly met, but have left me with quite a, an impact... I feel it's sometimes a chance to reflect on what they did with their lives. And the one thing that I noted chatting to Peter Seabrook was his love of gardening. Absolutely loved his gardening from a very young age where he basically gardened with his dad and his grandfather, like many of us. And I find that upbringing to be such a common upbringing in gardeners. And that's what I think many people liked about Peter Seabrook is that he was what you got on the tin. So as a fellow podcaster, I just want to send my condolences to Peter's family and anybody else who may have listened to his podcast in particular that will be saddened by this news. I think it's a, a rather sad, but he had a long and fruitful life. With that, I'm going to wrap up for this week. So thank you so much for joining me. Now, if you've enjoyed this podcast, then perhaps you consider leaving a review on your podcast app or maybe even become a supporting member. A supporting member, I charge £5 a month. And for that, each month you get a newsletter along with a gift pack of a collection of seeds that can be sown that month. Added to that, you also get extra podcasts that go out solely for supporting members only. Now, if you want to get in touch, you can email me richard at vegrowerpodcast.co.uk or you can visit vegrowerpodcast.co.uk and leave a comment or leave a voicemail just like the callers had at the early one in this podcast. Finally, 
Don't forget to check me out on social media. Give us a follow, give us a like and all that sort of thing. Always great to have you on board. And of course, you can always contact me through social media as well. With that, I'm going to wrap up for this week. So until next time, please take care. Thank you.